In a world where the line between pleasure and destruction is blurred, a new threat emerges from beyond the stars. Oh my God! Oh my God! Aliens, hell bent on the annihilation of humanity. They're back. When they stuck that probe up your ass, it caused a telepathic link between you and the aliens. What do you mean? Come with us now. The world needs you. To do what? We need you to bang, and bang as hard as you've ever banged before. All right, I, I could do that, yeah. That sounds good. Now. The fate of the world rests in their loins. We don't have the technology to shoot them out of space, but we can telepathically bang them off course and explode. You're asking me to go to a warehouse in the middle of nowhere and have sex with loads of strangers? I'll do it. Mr. President, I'll do it. Well, yeah, I'll definitely do that. The Big Bang. Because I'm not shooting blanks. Coming soon. To a theater near you. There's just one question. What's your kink? We turn into tough titties. We don't. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Engage. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Go! Just one more thing. I want to go to there. Bitch! The language! Unbelievable! I love it when a plan comes together. The outcome of this entire conspiracy was intended for this moment. They're gonna blow us out of the water. We have to try. The police trying to commandeer our systems. They're shutting us down. We're out of time. We need to get off the Titan before it's too late. I've never been so happy to see so many wrinkles. Hello, and welcome to the Best Bits TV talk show, where we talk about a show on TV. This is Will, and as always, I am joined by Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Will. We're back one more time the penultimate time we are we are one more to go I'm already grieving oh yeah I think we've been grieving throughout the series it feels it feels in a nice way in a good way cathartic I have felt like the show has been love bombing me and I've been really enjoying it so uh, all my tears have been happy tears Mm. and I had more happy tears on this episode same because this show is the best thing to ever happen to me (laughs) since you're christening my god (laughs) hey i'll give you a quick synopsis this episode is episode nine it is called vox it is directed by terry metallis who is also the showrunner and written by sean tretta and kylie rossiter and the synopsis is this short and sweet a devastating revelation about jack alters the course of picard's life forever and uncovers a truth that threatens every soul in the Federation. And we're away, Kevin. We're away. Generally, what we do, we kind of give a general, what's your general feelings? What was your general feelings about this episode? Uh, generally, I thought that I wasn't understanding what was going on in the show and I was a little disappointed that it was the Borg. But um, that's only because it's a very neat 
and uh, well set up reveal, but uh, because the Borg have been so overdone in the interim since first contact to know, like the, the Borg were even featured in season one and season two of Picard, okay. that it felt like it neutralized the big reveal of the Borg being back. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I think that it, it it is, as I said, a very neat reveal, so it works. Mm-hmm. Anything else would have felt like a bit of a left field twist. Um, but towards the final 10 minutes of the episode, I was just ecstatic. And uh, that just took me to a place of, of feeling like this is all I've ever wanted for 30 odd years and it's now been given to me and I was overcome. And the other thing was, and we can get into it, when we did the Star Trek movie podcasts, you said that one of the great stories that they could do is have Picard and Beverly dealing with Wesley and Wesley being the big villain Mm -hmm. and how uh, emotive that would be. But you said the problem there is Will Wheaton. And I don't know what it is. Maybe we're psychic. But they've given us that. Yeah, I definitely not realizing it now. It's Jack. They created their another yeah. son that wasn't Will Wheaton. Oh my god, we should have showrun this fucking thing. We should have been showrunners, but my god, hey, the showrunner who's actually on it is actually good enough. It's great. I listen, I'm not disappointed about the big reveal. We can say what the big reveal is, is that is the thing that's behind the red door is the Borg. No, no, I'm not disappointed. That might be a bit that might be overstating it. I'm not disappointed. I was just, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. But it was different for me because I didn't really watch. I think I'm at an advantage for not have, for not having watched much or all of season one and none of season two. So I was kind of like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm quite ready to see the Borg back. It felt inevitable. And and it was a, a nice switcheroo that we were going down the changeling route the entire time. And in actual fact, no, it's the Borg that were behind. Well, the Jack thing anyway. Um, I, I'm i the same as you. I had such, I had happy tears. I had genuine happy tears welling in my eyes. And it, I don't know. Yeah. Did any of those tears fall or did I just well? I never let my tears fall, boy. I never let them fall. I just... Oh. I just, I just oh, suck yeah. them. I reverse suck them into my eyes. I just do a big nasal inhalation and they go right back down into the pit of my stomach where all my feelings are kept in a big oak chest. No, I, I let it all out and I was like, um, I, I, I watched it twice, the ending, because it was just so sort of like, uh, it, was, it was hitting all the beats to the point where I just feel like nobody else could have done this reunion show as well as this team have done it. Yeah. They even had a, a joke about um, the carpets. Mm. And there was a whole load of the Trek audience that sort of missed the carpet era of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And so Picard sort of calling that out and going, do you know what? The one thing I missed, the carpets. I thought, yeah. There was, a, there. there was a whole, I've seen a whole, like a whole series of YouTube blooper reels from TNG where they point out shots where you can see the carpet on the bridge not properly laid down or had been taken up and not put back properly, you know, for whatever laying cables or whatever. And uh, so the carpets are there. We missed the carpets. We could spend this entire episode, I think, talking about the final 10 minutes, but will we get into the actual run-through of the episode? Certainly, certainly. I guess we can 
get through this pretty quickly, it opens with Troy leading Jack through his subconscious as he faces the red door. And it's quite tense and it was quite stylish. And they had a sort of American beauty vibe where he was talking about the flowers and underneath the flowers, all the vines were connected. And she was saying that symbols have meaning. What do you think this means? And she said, do you mind, Jack, if I open the door for you, but I'll be with you. I'm not going to leave your side. And then she went down and she opened the door and she went, actually, nope. And she <laughs> ran out of there. Fuck this. And she goes straight to Picard. And then we cut back and we see her opening the door. And inside Jack's subconscious is a Borg cube. In a nebula. Looks yeah. cool. Looks cool as shit. It's great. And it's a moment we go, oh, there we go. And my prediction early on, that in early on in the season that Jack was going to be the weapon. It's come, well, it's kind of obvious. It was kind of, yeah, he's, it turns out that he is the yeah, weapon. Yeah, the, the A plot and the B plot were going to come together to, as in typical TNG fashion, to resolve the, the story that is ultimately the C plot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we have credits and we see that this episode is called, is called Vox. And when we cut back, we hear Picard. Which is the name of Jack's character. That's what we, it's revealed later in this episode, isn't it? Yeah, the Borg Queen says you are Vox. So mm-hmm. he's the son of Locutus is Vox. Vox, which um, means voice. I thought it was just voices. Yeah, voices. Yeah. Latin for voices. Mm-hmm. And uh, we come back in Picard's hearing Locutus, his own uh, his own voice when he was a, a Borg drone or kind of leading the, the drogue, the drogue, the drone army against the federation way back when so everything has been leading up to this and it's all felt as i said very neat mm-hmm. but this felt like for a lot of this episode it was a lot of um exposition and sort of filling in blanks it's not the aromatic syndrome it's actually borg 2.0 mm-hmm. and it has to do with biological technology mm-hmm. and that the the lacutus changed picard's dna and it gave Jack psychic abilities and abilities to be able to connect into everybody and control them. And uh, he's a Wi-Fi yeah, what Borg. What did you think? He's a Wi-Fi Borg. He doesn't have to... Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's a good way to put it, actually. Yeah, he doesn't have to be physically <laughs> yeah. connected with tubes and stuff coming out of there. Uh, you know, it just, <clears throat> he just can, he can do it across the airwaves. I actually, I thought this episode was great. I, even though they were revealing an awful lot of the information to the backstories. I thought it was fairly deftly handled, even despite there was an awful lot of information. And there were some cool turns that happened in the story where it all makes so much sense. I love that it's all connected back to the TNG series. They're not inventing anything new. They're evolving. And these are and there's kind of like a reoccurrence of themes throughout the series itself. They they talked about evolution early on in a previous episode. They talked about the children being an evolution of the parent and all that sort of stuff. And Jesus Christ, Jack is an evolution of what whatever happened to Picard. Of Jesus Christ. <laughs> of himself being nailed on the cross. What an appropriate weekend for it to come out after Jesus himself rose from the dead. But um I I really enjoyed this. They they have some nice scenes and um, I'm just sort of wanting to get towards the, the really juicy stuff, which is towards the second half of the episode. But it's like playing off of the needs of the many and uh, Jack realizes that he is not just the son of Beverly Crusher. He's also the son of the Borg Queen and he flies off the handle. He controls the guards after Picard comes to sort of tell him that you are a weapon and you need to go to some... 
Academy, an academy, a Vulcan academy. And as he says, it's a fucking institute where you're going to lock me down, aren't you? A mental institution. I love the scene. I love, Uh, Kevin, I love the scene because it's an exposition dump, right? But it has a very good dramatic turn. I like how it's visually framed, how it was blocked with the two of them on the side of that room, that with the the shafts of life coming in through the the back window. I thought this looked really cool. It's all great. It's all great stuff. There's nothing about it that I dislike. I actually even liked the the moment before where uh, Crusher says to Picard, we need to tell him. And then Troy says, actually, no, there's protocol here. And that he is a weapon that can be used against all of humanity. Yeah. And that it's not just your son anymore. He's, He's actually dangerous. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so he gets off the ship and everybody's reeling from that. And he goes off towards the Borg mm-hmm. Queen's uh, location in one of the shuttles. And uh, there was a lovely scene that came after that where Crusher and Picard are sort of coming to terms with they've lost their son. Mm-hmm. And then Data comes in and he says to Picard, um, would you like me to offer some words of solace beautiful scene Picard says that I think you'll find that impossible and he goes I know and he just puts his hand on his shoulder and it's like ah that's a very human thing for Data to do it's the most human thing I've ever seen Data do in those moments where what about when he shagged Tasha it's still the most human thing I've seen Data do because did you see the behind the scenes footage the cut scene of, of that sex scene it's so inhuman the shit they were getting up to on board in that vessel it was disgusting but that moment where data inherently understood that to help picard with this moment of awful revelation he, he has no words but he actually understands a physical physical connection just can say so much more and he just puts his oh it's just so so fucking lovely and i kind of loved uh, in the previous scene where Beverly and Picard are kind of coming to terms with this situation where Picard says he inherited the best of you and the worst of me. And Beverly is like saying, I gave Wesley space and I lost him to it. And she says, so I watched Jack closer and I didn't see what was right in front of me all along. And I thought that was, that's really good. But she's determined to find a solution. And she goes off to, to work on that. And then Geordi says, you need to come down to sick bay. You figured out something. And this is where it all became a bit gobbledygook, but I trust them that I know what... The um, the reasoning is, but I was trying to keep on top of the twists and turns, which is that Lacutus is a receiver and that there is, I think it comes a little bit later on, but they, they say that everybody that has ever used a transporter has had Picard's evolved DNA um, mm-hmm. sort of encoded in their own. Yes. So they know that they have been assimilating everybody but they didn't know it. So they were using the transporters to do it, mm-hmm. which is, you know, why would you need the changelings at that point? Well, the changelings were the ones who were doing it. So the changelings, so the changelings and the Borg were doing it. So the changelings were the ones who were infiltrating the vessels and they were uh, screwing around with each ship's transporter. That's what I took from it. So it had to be done by an agent. I hope we see... I hope we see more of the changelings in the next episode, in the final episode. Because I feel like that that might be, um, you know, you had Tuvok, who was a changeling. Mm-hmm. So I want to see more of that. There was some great dialogue in it, though. It was like the when we Jack goes to the, to the board cube and he is beamed on board. 
We don't see Alice Krieg, but that's definitely her playing the Borg Queen. Oh, what was the story about someone passed away who was playing the Borg Queen recently? I, I wasn't aware. I wasn't sure who was who. There was an actress that played the Borg Queen in season two mm-hmm. who died just recently. So, uh, yeah, she um, she filled in as one of the Borg Queens. And then one of the characters from Picard, what was her name? Ju- Juata or something like that. She became, um, Alison Pill became the Borg Queen of a different um, division. Okay. So, yeah. Right, 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 right. This is where it gets a little confusing for me because Crusher says that the Borg have not been seen in 10 years. So I don't know. Like, has it been 10 years since season two and though? Yeah, I was... You see, this this is why I'm at an advantage. I don't have all the bullshit of season one and two of Picard. So I just went into this going, right, I'm picking this up from Nemesis. That's where my brain was wired, right? Yeah, I think season one and two just need to be jettisoned, that they don't exist. They're like um, alternate universe Picard. Yeah, so I really like this idea of the transporters being used to encode this new human Borg genetic technology and assimilating people and that Kusher says that the human brain does not fully develop until the age of 25 Mm -hmm. so it skipped a generation so it's only the young people that can now be assimilated so once Jack gives in to the Borg Queen and allows himself to be um, assimilated she sends out a signal which then turns everybody I've skipped over a few bits here now because I'm sort of like, <laughs> I have, didn't take as many notes. I can pull you back, but go on, continue your thought. So, so yeah, because it's like, um, it, there's a lot of exposition dumps. I'm sort of jumping all over the place because I'm mm. tying it all together to sort of uh, um, give a shorthand of it. But did you notice that they brought back Shelby? Who's, which Shelby who? Go on, who's Shelby? So that didn't, that didn't register for you. Go on, uh, elaborate. So they say Frontier Day yeah. is happening and um, we go back to Earth where uh, all of the, the Federation are gathered together. And you see a space and dock and a new, oh, the new Enterprise yeah. coming out. Yes, the Enterprise F. And who is yeah. captaining the Enterprise F? A lady. <laughs> yes. Who's that? Oh my God. You really don't remember anything Who's from Shelby? TNG. That's Admiral Shelby. Don't you remember? Don't you remember when um, Picard was taken over by Lacutus? There was a blonde first officer woman who was on board the ship, and she was challenging Riker. Oh, vaguely, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I watched this well, over she lockdown. Was a great character, right? Vaguely. Okay, Shelby was a great character. I'm going to sh- send you a picture so that you will okay. have. See if it uh, stirs the old brain cells. That just goes to show what happens. It better. The difference between you and me. Okay, oh, okay, it's coming through now. Oh, yes, I recognize her. Yeah, 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 I remember her. Oh, so it's her. Yeah, okay, her and- right. Yes, Shelby. My God, that's like another member berry and a huge one. Yeah, yeah, that went right over yeah. my head. I was just like, random person that's been promoted, now flying the Enterprise. Cool. Okay. And I like the look of that Enterprise as well. So... The Enterprise F. Yeah. No, Admiral Shelby. Jesus. Wow. That was to me. It was like, oh my God. Wow. They've brought back Shelby. Incredible. And um, and she's captaining the Enterprise F as an admiral. And yeah. So Picard and the, the Titan head towards them to basically warn them of what's going on. 
that they know that people have been uh, infiltrated uh, by Borg technology and that at any moment they could get taken over and the Federation is sort of, uh, it's got some sort of synchronization technology that yeah. it's also been employing. Which I love because it's basically, as Picard himself it says, this is very Borg-like. They're kind of really celebrating. This is like the big but thing. He also sh- says that because it's Shelby. It's like it's a bit ironic for Shelby to be so enthused about um, technology that s- seems quite Borg-like. Oh. When she was right there for the best of both worlds for th- See, those, that two-parter. That went right over my head. Uh, but I like it in the context of just this just, just, just show alone of seeing all the Federation ships operating as one. This is like, oh, and I fucking just, I was enjoying the fact. Like drones. Yeah. Not just the people, but the fucking hardware of the Federation has become drones. Oh my God. I have to say this for a villain plot. It's quite good. It's quite rather than going and blowing everyone up. It's like, no, let's just, let's just infect them. Let's just infect their core systems, their DNA, their hardware. And uh, we don't have to do anything. No, no effort needed. It's great. Good plot. Everybody who's under the age of 25 on the Titan gets uh, turned into a Borg. Convenient. <laughs> Convenient, but yeah. I mean, what else do you want? Yeah. And they um, they turn on everybody. So it's the old guys against the young guys. Yeah. And you hear of other ships being uh, overrun. Shelby gets killed, I presume. Oh, yeah. She, no, we her, see her, her get shot. Crew. Yeah, we see her get shot. Yeah, she gets hit with phaser fire in the chest and uh, the comp signal goes out. And... All the old dogs decide, quick, we need to get to the maintenance deck uh, where there'll be nobody on, on that level and we need to get the hell off of the Titan. So everybody makes a, a run for it. Shaw, Seven, Rafi, Worf, Troy, Crusher, Jordy. And Jordy's like distraught because his two daughters have mm. been turned into Borg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and Data stops him. He's like, we need a plan. There's nothing you can do. We can't. You see those that, that little interaction in itself. Like, I'm I'm feeling the sincerity of all of these interactions. Jordy having Jordy having the impulse to go and rescue his daughters because that was so critical no to irony. him. No, and it, because it was established earlier on, like I'm not taking a risk because my daughters. I would have taken a risk in the past, but I'm not taking a risk because of my kids. And now we see him where his kids are in jeopardy. And oh, you, that's a nice arc, actually. Yeah, yeah, you see him bolting for the door, which is so unJordy-ish, where he's forgetting about the engines for once and Data's the one to stop him and it's just ah oh, shit it was like oh Data says something like oh we need to solve the problem or let's solve the problem and I was like oh yeah let's go back to how we used to fucking address this which shit which is what they always used to do that was two of them just problem solving problem this but it was it was really tense because it was like um, it was like Lieutenant Jura and he just had his back to them and uh, mm. they were closing in on his back and then he turned around and it was like oh they're all Borg Troy has a, a funny line actually where <laughs> they get to the to the maintenance deck and the mm-hmm. turbo lift opens and they've all got their phasers aimed at each other mm-hmm. and she says I've never been so <laughs> I've never been so grateful to see so many wrinkles <laughs> oh again funny writing yeah. some great dialogue throughout the series it's very good uh, I and think then we have the thing that I thought they wouldn't do uh, and I understand why they did this but um they engage in a shootout that was quite Star Wars. They're shooting down the corridors at the uh, the Borg. 
and uh, Captain Shaw takes a direct hit, and um, it's goodbye to Captain Shaw. He dies, but his parting words are to Seven that you now have to come, Seven of Nine. Very moving, very very moving. It was I uh, to to have a character that we loved from the start, loved to hate, then kind of got annoyed by, then came back to loving, and we just full on loved. And uh, it's a shame that they've gotten rid of him. And hopefully there'll be some sort of spin-off series. It's a bit show. tragic that he survived the last time that Lacutus had uh, unleashed hell on the Federation. And then, through happenstance, he ends up dying passively because of Lacutus. <laughs> 25, 30 years later. Lacutus was always going to get him in the end, ultimately. And you know, yeah. there, was a, there was another... Gotcha. There was a bit of storytelling which was obviously happened because of budget cuts, but I found it way more effective, the budget cut way versus seeing it with all the big special effects. When they're on, when Picard and Riker and whoever else is on the turbo lift going down, they have like, uh, they have view screens, not view screens, but like, you know, display screens showing them the arrangement of the fleet on a map. They can hear the other ships. Yeah, they've got the comms open and they see the Excelsior because it's an older craft. Oh no, the, the the captain of the Excelsior, which we saw in Star Trek Six and and various things afterwards, we see a kind and of break from, off from movie two onwards. Yeah, and we see it break off and try and flee or or defend itself, and the entire fleet turns and it and destroys it. It did. It had a double whammy. It kind of like gave us gave me the feeling of oh no, not the Excelsior. It was just a little blip on a map, and I went no, but also. The, the, the generated a kind of a sense of the stakes being and you heightened. you know who that captain was? Who? It was Captain Harry Kim. I thought you were going to say it was Captain... Oh, not Captain Harry... No, it was not. You're joking me, was it? It was. Oh, yeah. no. From Voyager. They killed him off screen. That <laughs> wasn't him. You bastards. I was going to That's go... Oh, was it? They brought him back and killed him off screen. <laughs> got to I was like, Jesus. Tell my ki- wife and kids I... And yeah... Um, I'm going to start populating no. this with Star Trek reference Star Wars reference it was Admiral Akbar. oh my god uh, what's his famous line it might be a trap or says. it is a trap no. he says it is a trap Kevin he says it is he doesn't he says it's a trap I saw I was at the Star Wars celebration at the weekend right and of course I'm actually meant to Don't take a screen streams. but I wanted to take a, I wanted to take a picture because of course amongst the entire Swarm. We're talking tens of thousands of Star Wars fans dressed up in the most amazing costumes you've ever seen, and of course, there were two. There were two Federation officers wandering around, and I was going, "Oh, brilliant!" There's always one that is or two. You should have taken a picture. Of that. I was on the move, and I went, "Oh, look!" And the problem is, there's too much, to t- too many things to take pictures of, and I should have. Of course, it was um, yeah. So there were two in all those in about a hundred thousand people. Two Star Trek cosplayers. Continue. So Seven and Rafi stay back to try and retake the Titan, which is nice for those characters because, you know, as I said from the prior seasons, they were in a relationship together. But what it does is it separates the original core TNG characters who take off in a shuttle. And Geordi says, I think I know where we can go. And this made perfect sense to me. Geordi takes them back to the Fleet Museum and he tells them, that 
because of the Prime Directive, they recovered the saucer section of the ship, mm-hmm. and he has been fixing it up for the last 20 or so years. And then they open the hangar doors, and inside is the beautiful Enterprise D. And it never occurred to me that when they're reuniting all the major characters of TNG, that the last piece of the puzzle would be the ship itself. Because we... And she would be the last character to be introduced into the story. And, oh God, it was beautiful. Utterly. Beautifully done. Utterly, utterly gorgeous. I genuinely loved, in just a few lines, and how they've set up the character, how it makes sense. Because in my head, I was like going, well, they never get the Enterprise D back because it was like the saucer section was crash landed on. And just a couple of lines because of the Prime Directive and because Geordi is a ship nerd. This is his project. This is his... He loved that ship. Yeah. Yeah. It makes such sense. They had a whole episode where he was in love with the ship. Oh, that's right. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Remember those scenes? There's there's the cut deleted scenes of Geordi making love to the Enterprise Enterprise back in the day. Yeah. I adore it. This yep. just, just greased up, rolling around the Jeffrey's tubes. I didn't stop smiling. And also, I kind I predicted that that old fleet would be important. It's it's just good storytelling. It's neat. Once they presented it as... It's great storytelling. It was like, I think it's going it to be, a, we're going to have a fleet here. I think we're going to have the old ships are going to come out of hibernation and they're going to kick ass. But I never thought... I actually thought they were going to go I with the original they take a ship each. That's what I thought. <laughs> That's I'm genuine. But I'm genuinely thinking, because... As is left, we have the entire fleet of Starfleet, but there's the bounty. Can we get someone on the bounty? Can we get Janeway on nah, Voyager? this is perfect. Back on the on the Enterprise D, which is my favorite ship. But the, we skipped over two funny lines, which is when they get into the shuttlecraft, Geordi and Data take the, the helm and um, Data says something which is quite pessimistic. And Geordi says, could you just... Data, please be a bit more optimistic. Yeah. And he says, I hope we die quickly. <laughs> it's very good. It is very, very And good. then when they reveal the ship, um, they say that, well, you know, we couldn't use the Enterprise E. And Worf then says, that was not my fault. <laughs> because Worf captained the Enterprise E. That was his yeah. future. So he obviously blew the ship up at some point. Yes, yes. But yes. I, I found that quite funny as well. Oh, it's great stuff. And, um, yeah. It's just there's walk on to the Enterprise D and they turn on the lights and finally you can see what's happening. It makes so much sense. And I love what one of them says. He says, That's oh, a joke for you, Will. They can finally see what hap- what's happening. I missed it because I was thinking about what the next line when someone says. Yeah, because the ship, you're always complaining about the ship being so dark. Oh, yes, Kevin. Oh, there's a shot actually I loved. There's a shot I loved when they were going on the shuttle, when they were approaching the the, the Enterprise. And there's a close-up of Picard's face. And throughout this episode in particular, I noticed that Picard was lit in this very cold blue light. And when the shuttle is there, all of a sudden this golden light is uh, illuminates his face. It kind of just starts flickering on and off. And it's right before we are, as he's approaching it. And I went, oh, this is gorgeous. This is just gorgeous. The warm glow it's creating. It knows ex- They know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. And they brought back <sighs> Majel Barrett as the voice of the Enterprise. From the dead? <laughs> they had enough of her voice recorded that they could have continued on having her be the voice of all of the, the ship's computers. But they decided to change it up. 
I don't believe it, anything uh, so like that back, can happen. So she's in- I, don't, I refuse to believe that any anything like that where we can take someone's voice and just make it say whatever we want to say could happen. No, maybe 50 years in the future, Kevin. But no, that's oh, okay. that's that's a frontier that is. This is another one of your jokes. I'm being ironic. Yeah, it was beautiful, and I noticed that Jordy restored the original TV bridge and not the bridge from the movie. Yes, yes. Because the bridge from the movie had the steps up, and I had the two side consoles on either side. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it looked fantastic. It looked beautiful, and again, it's like a carpeted trick. I, I do love it. Super Card's last line. He says, coming on here and I just, I realise the one thing I've missed most in all these Did years. Did I get the hoover out? <laughs> the carpet. There's that stain over fact, there. It stinks in here. <laughs> yeah. It hasn't been oh. aired out in 20 years. Like you come on, imagine coming but, um, onto the set, onto the bridge and you've got yourself your little latte for the morning and all of a sudden you come across... You get a, 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 a proton torpedo blast to the to the to the to your starboard side, and all of a sudden that cappuccino is all over that rug. It is fucked. It is fucked. So that rug has got to be covered in stains, up and down. It does make me wonder, though, is Jordy entirely alone at the Fleet Museum? Is there nobody there, or did they all go to the Frontier Day? We just have to. We just have to um, take it that the Fleet Head Museum head cannon that. Yeah, it, that is just, it's shut down because all hands are at the frontier day. Yeah, and um, I'm just trying to imagine just Geordie just on the, the, the Enterprise D by himself for the last 20 years, just going around and inspecting this and installing that and fixing this. and yeah. He's like a fixer-upper, his old like, car. I think that idea got me as much as anything. The idea that Geordie has spent the last 20 years just living in this in this now fixing up his yeah just going around yeah going and just you know <laughs> inappropriately putting his penis places sleeping <laughs> sleeping in his old court his old quarters He's, what is with you and sticking dicks and things <laughs> well I'm sorry be because you brought up that he was in love with the actual ship and also I'm sure I'm was. I assume that holodeck is still working it probably is <laughs> He still has a relationship with that particular engineer lady or whoever it was that's the embodiment of the ship. Remember that? Yes, that's what I mean. When he was in love with the ship, yep. she was the, the, the stand-in for the ship. But it looked beautiful on screen. It really looked mm-hmm. lovely. And seeing the Core 7 on the bridge, much, much older and and... Picard becoming captain again and Riker saying to him, wherever you go, we go. It was just lovely. It was just all of the the nice feelings that you could hope to have. Um, really, for me, this has been... Uh, when I think of all the legacy sequels that have happened over the last, like, 15 years, mm. this is the one that has gotten the, the most right for me. Where it just feels like I am really enjoying this trip down memory lane and it feeling um, worth it. Yeah. Not feeling cynical, not feeling pandering. This is a fantastic season 8 of TNG I know that there have been screenings or there have been double screenings or whatever of these final episodes imagine seeing this yeah, in an IMAX. with other Star Trek fans oh my god I just I'm sure oh, the floor would just be a mess oh god it would be a lovely experience to share this again, another- I'm sorry I'm just <laughs> been I'm in that mindset you've got me in it I'm in that mindset now where I'm thinking about bodily fluids 
But I'm just thinking, my God, what a lovely thing to be able to share with people. This is truly, I, I wrote the same thing as you. I said, this is fan service done right. And one of the rare times where yes. it has been done right. Um, up and down, a huge achievement. I honestly, they can't drop the ball now. It's like they, they've, this is, they've scored us. Like, you know, we've got. No, they've, no they, they, they have positioned themselves in the perfect place, which is that you have the TNG crew up against the entire Federation, against their oldest, most lethal enemy, and they've personalized it mm-hmm. in a way which it is now to save the son of the, the Picard and Crusher. And it's just them, just them on their own, the seven of them in their old ship mm-hmm. against everyone. And I am genuinely and, uh, of a mindset of... And to save their kids. They're all going off to save their kids. And isn't that what they say on the bridge as well? They say, look, you know, we're, we're a family and all our extended family, they're our family as well. Like, you know, uh, Jack and... Yeah, except Kestra. Kestra, we don't care about Kestra. And Wesley. No one said anything about Wesley, I think, as well. Who's Kestra, by the way? Where's Kestra? Kestra's Riker and Troy's daughter. <gasps> oh, she didn't get a mention. She did. She got a mention uh, in other episodes, but she was... Oh, they okay. had two kids. They had a son and a daughter, Thaddeus and Kestra. And uh, right, Kestra was right. named after Troy's sister, I believe. Oh, yeah, okay, that's what it was. So Troy had a sister who died, and her mother um, blocked out all existence of her, her daughter ever uh, being alive because the pain was too intense. So, um, okay, so yeah, so that was Luxana's way of dealing with the grief of losing her daughter. Right, okay. What I love about where they positioned all the pieces right now is as you were framing it right there is that here we are with this old gang and it's all that's left you can just imagine all that's left is just geriatric players now everyone else all the young uns are the baddens right the young uns are baddens and the older good uns right it's good it's great stuff and we are now have we have now got our key players positioned in with a, a monumentally difficult task ahead of them the not only are the board back, but they have taken over the entirety of the Federation fleet. They're fucked. How are they going to do it? That's what I love about it. It's like, oh, how are you going to do it? I know they're going to get it out. They're going to win. They're going to be good at the end of the day. But, oh, that's good stuff. Uh, okay, we've only got one episode to go. How do you think it's going to end in terms of, no, not the plot, but in terms of the very final image of the show? Do you think that they're going to, they're going to go down and play poker? together or they're going to Mm. they're going to say let's take it for one last spin and they go for that warp that almost looks like the TNG credits I was well first of all my larger prediction is I think Picard has to bite the dust Picard's going to bite it right you don't think so no 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 I think that you don't want to end you don't want to do the undiscovered country type of ending which is a, a, a a sign off to the characters and kill off the, the captain he's already yeah, died see, once uh, there's something oh oh yeah he already is dead all right okay so fair enough that's all the characters i think yeah they're going to do something like a game of poker that's what i think is the most the most natural way of uh of finishing this off because i don't think they'll do that because they've done it back a rack bridge they're playing bridge <laughs> they he said terry metallis said we're not doing the signatures signing off thing um like what they did on undiscovered country but what we're doing feels similar and fitting so i think um i i could just imagine them sort of recreating the opening credits to tng but it's it's the cast just 
the ship just flying off at the end. You know the way mm-hmm. the TNG's opened? Have you ever seen TNG? No, yeah. I'm more of a Star Wars guy, as I've already said. <laughs> I know you have. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I, as I said, I, I love the show. It's been, um, it's been absolutely wonderful yeah. to, to go down this trip to memory lane with the, with the show and oh god I am dreading and looking forward to the to the final episode I genuinely did not expect that Picard's it's so much better than Star Wars that Star that's Star Trek Picard season 3 was going to be one of my favourite shows of the year I did not expect that at all and holy shit it's going to you doubt Thomas, and here I was trying to hype all of you up, saying it's gonna be good, guys. I have a feeling. Get a, get on board. And you're like, nah. Ah, well, nah. I mean, well, yeah. well, you convinced me. You did convince me to to test it. And listen, from episode one, I, there was this feeling that, hang on a second, this might be all right. And you know what? Another thing that's helped me out. We haven't. There was this episode. We didn't get back on Guinan's hollow hollow deck bar. So I'm glad I didn't have to revisit that. We haven't been on that for about five episodes. It's been great. I feel so much more lighter because we don't have to revisit that set again. There's enough time for Crusher and Troy to go and do some gymnastics, do their uh, the morning yoga. <laughs> Jeez. And maybe, <gasps> oh, maybe um, Riker can play his uh, trombone. Do you know what would be nice as well? If we have Picard and Beverly having their early morning breakfast together. I think they're really up against it. I think it's no like a race straight back to defend the uh, space dock. So, um, oh, it'd be lovely. Yeah. Just a just a final episode. Actually, forget about know. all of the big Federation stuff. Just go back and do the stuff they used to like doing, hanging out on the Federation, and just like them chilling out. Data doing a Sherlock Holmes investigates episode. Jordy is yeah doing what Jordy <laughs> does. Uh, Picard is like. It opens with Picard just alone on the bridge, like going, where the fuck is everybody? And they're all just around the ship, just doing what they miss doing. There's one other, there's a yeah. one other cameo that I am eagerly awaiting. And you're going to tell me that person, this character died somewhere, right? But we haven't seen one other significant player from the Enterprise cast yet, who is also a significant part of the DS9 cast. Chief From the Enterprise D cast? Chief O'Brien. Yeah, we haven't seen Chief O'Brien or Barkley. I don't know that they're going to pop up. There hasn't been anybody from DS9 on, on this season. Oh, we did. We did. Uh, we do know that. Didn't we? No, who? Worf. He's not DS9. He he joined DS9 to save that show. He actually, once, once um, Worf joins DS9, Tuvok is back. Great. Tuvok, we've had him. Uh, with Janeway, I'm expecting Janeway to come back. Well, Tuvok is coming back. Oh, in the final episode. Yeah, he's signed up for two episodes. He's appeared once, so he'll be back. Um, I've been told that Janeway's not in this at all because she's contracted for Prodigy, Star Trek Prodigy, the animated thing. Oh, for fuck's sake. So she's not in this. Ah, this is shite. <laughs> they're, not, they're not getting all the people back at all. Oh, I was there. I was there. I was genuinely, I am genuinely having myself hyped to see the bounty back in flight. I mean, I was genuinely like going, oh my God, it's going to be fucking cool. Go back and watch Star Trek 4. I know, but I wanted that. Right. Anyway, it's good. Okay, well, that is episode nine. The show is great. The next episode is called The Last Generation, and it's the final episode. And we will have Dave back. Dave. 
from the cinema is going to be joining us again. Great. He's beaming into us from Cork. <laughs> he is. Stations, please. All systems online, Captain. Weapons are ready, although they are limited. Well, at least we got them. If we encounter the Borg, we're going to need to run, shoot, or hide. So, Jordy, we'll need every bit of power you can get to those old shields. Make it so. I said. Mr. Data, set a direct course for Earth. Maximum warp. Aye, Captain. Course laid in, sir. She's ready. Engage. You can watch the show, as I say, every episode on Amazon Prime. And where else, Will? Uh, what? <laughs> Paramount Plus, is it? It's on Paramount Plus as well. So you can watch it on Amazon and Paramount Plus. Yeah. And um, it's good to talk to you. You Will. too. Back next week. Uh, for the last ever episode of Star Trek. Car. We're going to be weeping all over ourselves. Oh, the juices. Chat you then. See you then. And here is a clip from the lad's latest mini bits bonus show. The full episode, plus 100 more, are available on their Patreon. Mini bits. Another new episode. Of this Patreon podcast. Exclusive. The best bits podcast will Kevin, how are you? Hi, honey. How are you? Oh, you know, I've got this. I've got my corns sorted out. I went to the Chiraptus the other day and uh, she Your said... corn? To, my corns. Did you, ever get, did you ever get corns? No. Did you know what a corn is? Yeah, it's a bunion on your foot, isn't it? Yeah, like in between your toes and stuff like that. Do you, do you not wear any shoes like around the house? You walk no, barefoot? I, I, I wear... No, it's the opposite. GA shorts. It's the opposite. I wear incredibly tight shoes. Like those Chinese women oh. who get their feet bound, who had their feet bound, like, you know, before the turn of this yeah. last century. And so they had incredible corns and bunions. This is a great opener for a mini bits episode where we get people disgusted. <laughs> Squally, it's episode 73 of the mini bits. <laughs> I'm Kevin, you're Will. This is yeah. our Patreon podcast. Thank you to all our lovely patrons. Yeah. A few of you have jumped in recently. I don't know what we said. We try to goad people into joining up every single episode and then every so often it's like a lot of people join because of one specific episode and yeah. I'm like what did we how did we say it what did we say on that episode that's different <laughs> to the other 270 episodes maybe it didn't sound as desperate maybe we said don't join maybe reverse psychology that's how we should do it reverse psychology don't join up to our patron don't 
it's <laughs> I don't des- everybody you, cancel. <laughs> you don't deserve to be in this group. We don't want you. We don't we like don't the look need of you. you. We don't we don't need anybody. <laughs> it's just us. <laughs> it's absolutely just us. Hey, should we tell people we we did I don't know, maybe we shouldn't say it on mic, especially so early. We did an interview with the Irish Examiner last Friday. We did. Yeah. And uh How do you think yeah. I how do you think I did? I I I think you did all right. Like you didn't interrupt me once, so I was <laughs> delighted with how I came across. But you know, there's no sort of time limit on this. We don't know when it's gonna get posted. One of our friends was saying, Kathy at the cinema was saying that their interview with, did they do the examiner as well? It was six uh, months yeah. before it posted. And, and the Guardian, I'm pretty sure. They were, they were profiled in the Guardian as well. Yeah, but we don't do any really promotion. Like nah. We don't do anything. Well, this is our first time getting any sort of like proper coverage, which is going to be mad. So, um. Uh, listen to all you listeners who have uh, found us before we explode. You're 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 before an OG. Bust. You're an OG <laughs> listener before Kevin starts getting gold chains from all his Patreon dash. I think I'm more of a silver than a gold. I think oh, yeah. my uh, undertones suit more silver. But, uh, yeah. I just want to die. Those I, are my Prince Albert. <laughs> Your hat? <laughs> yeah. I Speaking want of, of the, which, I want one of those diamond studs in my tooth. That's all I want. So I can go bing whenever I'm on a call. Oh, uh, yeah. Bing. I usually just, you know, wink and like glitch. Yeah. Like starlight twinkle. <laughs> speaking of which, I interrupted you. What, what, we, what, did, what did you want to speak of, which? Start the timer. Oh, I forgot. You may as well. It's start just, the timer. They, all, all these lucky loos are listening in and, and they're wondering, what are we going to be talking about? But we have to start talking about them after. Yeah. We, we say goodbye. But look, I wanted to talk to you about, um, well, you've seen a few things. You've seen the new Godzilla film. Yes. I've seen the first Omen. Uh, I saw Scoop as well. That, oh, uh, we're looking Netflix forward to watching thing. that. Very soon. Okay. Okay. I'll save my thoughts. And right. um, what else did I see? I made notes, but sure. It Jeez. doesn't really matter. I think I saw it. And I was going to go through all the summer releases and see what oh. takes your fancy. Okay, okay. I'm looking forward because I don't actually know what's what's on the horizon. So, um, I'm well, the Joker to two trailer came out today. I saw it. Yes, I watched that. Hmm. It reminded me of Chicago. Yeah, it's kind of like you see. It's all very much in the mind's eye. It, they're calling it a jukebox musical. Am I right in saying that? I think you're right in saying that. So, look, hey, listen. Uh, I, I actually what it, what it did remind me of <laughs> was that I want to watch. <laughs> rewatched the Joker because I saw it in the cinema and I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. It was a kind of a bold new direction. Uh, I'm just going to go cinema. back and watch the episodes from the Batman 66 show, the Joker episodes. Oh yeah, that's going to be... Just to fill me in like on the lore. <laughs> get up to speed. Get you right up to speed. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be there going, where where are all the guys in the purple suits with the masks? Where, where are they going to show up? And like, It's you know, a bit of a weird time though where we have the Penguin TV show with Colin Farrell coming out, which is a totally different canon version of the Penguin. Then you have this offshoot of Joker, which is its own universe entirely. Mm. And then you have the old Batman films that you can watch. Right. And, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's just, I don't know. I'm kind There's of so many IP. 
but like just, just everywhere. What well, what's happened is the world, the comic book world, has very much entered the the film world. It's where you could have different runs, totally different runs of a character by it's different insane. authors, and there would be totally different riffs on it and stuff. Oh, it's oh, this is insane. the thing. Kevin, so I'm only catching up on this. You mentioned it to me on a on a pod, on a podcast. Wait, was it on one of those? Uh, it was the last. Show? It was the last mini bits. Uh, you, you said everyone's describing stuff as insane recently. And have you started noticing it though? Only, only, only with people trying to raise you. That's the only type, only where place where I've noticed people. No, people under sort of trying to every, raise you. Oh my god! Oh my god! I could start posting though, like um, tweets, comments, TikToks. Uh, articles, anything insane is everywhere. This is insane. That's insane. It's insane. There was a festival just going on about this insane lineup. I was okay. like, oh, it's a mentally ill lineup. Okay, <laughs> it's just it's it's everywhere. And the other, th- do you know the other thing that's also bothering me lately? Wow. wow. And this has been bothering me for years and years and years. It used to be that everyone used to misspell definitely. They'd go defiantly. Okay. Oh, it's defiantly whatever. It would just they're morons. But no. I just keep noticing everyone keeps spelling a lot as one word, A-L-O-T, a yeah. lot. Where has where have they gotten into their heads that a lot is one word? It's the same way that people will write every time as one word. What's the one that you've you've pulled me up on a few times and I can't get it right? Compliment. Compliment. I can't, <laughs> but I can't get it right. It's like the you I. because I told you the other day. Yeah, and I went searching for it and I couldn't find it because I had to actually had to an, use it. If there's an I in compliment, it's yeah. I'm paying you oh, a compliment. That's a good way to remember it. Okay, good. And then compliment. I, I wrote that to you. But you did. And I went to try and find it because I was I found myself writing the word compliments. And I went, shit, Kevin. But, I, but you, you gave me a thumbs up, which meant in my world that, yeah, I read that. Thanks. But I did, right? I'm talking about a couple of days later when I was faced with the exact same hurdle of writing the word compliment, I went, okay, what did Kevin say again about compliment? There's an I and the E. What did he say? So I went searching for it and I found it, I think. And I went, oh, the I is paying me a compliment or I'm giving you a compliment. It's insane how little you can retain information. It's insane. (laughs) Come here, let's start talking about what we watched. Come on. Did you start the timer? Yeah, it's it's gone. It's ticking. It's ticking down. The world's going oh, to explode. You know, I have to put in the sound effect. I have to. I have to line oh. up all my sound effects. When you said start I the timer, like, I have a whole it's... fucking. I have a whole soundboard. Yeah. Okay. Jesus Christ! Where's my fucking? What? Where's my ding dang ding? Here we go. The timer has started. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Right. 